four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. Hello and welcome to Main Street Musings. I'm Tanner and joining me today is rocking around the Christmas Jake. Ho there, ho there, ho there. Deck the halls with Brocks of Holly. Jingle jangle, baby. And Eric, the red-nosed reindeer. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> All right. Happy holidays to everybody. Yay. How are we feeling with our Christmas layover episode that we're doing today, everyone? So Feeling married. pretty good. But Tanner, did you, did you intentionally not give me the Rudolph one? <laughs> Yes. Because it hurts. It hurts, man. (laughs) Our listeners at home who may not know, my middle name is in fact Rudolph. And Tanner, as an act of spite, refused to give me the Rudolph one. So that's starting our episode off right. Well, but also your name sounds better with Balls of Holly. Holly That's true. That is true. With Balls of Holly. Isn't it Bows of Holly and not Balls? That's Bows. I'm, I said I was the bad boy of the podcast. Do you oh, think sorry. I respect the sanctity of Christmas songs? <laughs> so before we jump into our Christmas overlay episode, I think it would be wise of us to just briefly cover what is an overlay, just to make sure all of our listeners are on the same page. Also to make sure I'm on the same page so that my thing is <laughs> So an overlay is a temporary, often seasonal sort of addition that they make to a ride. They'll change some of the decorations, maybe some of the animatronics, some of the theming of the ride to make it fit something else. For instance, the classic holiday overlay that we see is in Disneyland, where the Haunted Mansion for the months of October through December is overlaid as the Nightmare Before Christmas. They change all the animatronics, they change the theme of the ride, they change a lot of music. Uh, a lot of things, the music, the sounds, to fit the Nightmare Before Christmas. So we'll have animatronics of Boogie Boogie and Jack and Sally. So that would be the classic holiday overlay. But they've also done other overlays. For instance, they've turned Space Mountain in Paris into Hyperspace Mountain, which takes regular Space Mountain and gives it a Star Wars theme. Good. So I think another thing we should briefly cover, too, before we start talking about overlays, because I think these kind of go hand in hand. Somebody pointed out to me that we should kind of explain what projection mapping is for anybody who might not be familiar because a lot of overlays these days uses projection mapping quite heavily and we talk about projection mapping a lot on this podcast so i want to make sure that everybody is kind of on the same page with that too projection mapping is where you project onto a physical object so think of when you go to the movies they project onto a screen it's kind of like that but you're projecting onto a three-dimensional object be it a building or a statue or anything really trees and you map out the projections the shapes and everything to fit the what you're projecting onto so then you can make it look like that thing has come to life a great example of that in disney is the new castle show that replaced wishes Uh, they project onto the castle but it's not just a screen they turn the whole castle to make it look like it's animated and there's a Christmas overlay now, I know, in Hollywood Studios on the Tower of Terror, where they projection map onto the Tower of Terror, and they do, like, Toy Story and stuff. It's pretty cool. Check it out on YouTube. Would a scaled-down version of that look like the Haunted Mansion faces? Like, when you're 
like going past them. Like, yes, like yes, that is a like, that is a, an early version of projection mapping from a long time ago. Um, yeah, very scaled down. Modern projection mapping is usually on a much grander scale. Like I said, the entire castle or the Tower of Terror. But yeah, that is an early form of projection mapping. Cool. I think that's a good lead-in. It's the holidays. There's projection mapping. Let's talk about Christmas overlays. It's the part where we make a pitch. Who's going to start us off today? We're going to go with Tanner. All right. Starting off the episode, starting off the pitches. Let's go. (laughs) But this isn't a lightning round. (laughs) (laughs) Every round's a lightning round when you do it my way. (laughs) For my pitch, we are going to be doing a Christmas layover of Liberty Square in Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Nice. I'm sure they already do some Christmas decorations there, but for a place with a store year-round called Ye Old Christmas Shop, there should be a lot more Christmas going around for the special holiday season. We need to just have heavy theming, heavy decor, and everything there. So some yeah. of the ideas that I have for our layover would be changing the Liberty Tree Tavern menu, offering a special Christmas dinner menu for families to sit and share also, we would be adding a new Muppet show where they do the Great Moments in History Muppet show with little scenes throughout the day from A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Would oh, be no. <laughs> our way of doing that. In the Hall of Presidents, I think it would be cool to work through in the lobby. You could have like a history of decorating the White House for Christmas with pictures, images, videos explaining some of the tradition of that. On top of that, I'd like to add some streetmosphere of old-timey carolers and comedy bits about Christmas. And also for the Haunted Mansion, doing an outdoor decoration layover, not the Haunted Mansion holiday, sometimes controversial one, but just decorating the outside of the mansion to look like it would as a regal haunted estate with uh, shows being played by actors Much like they do during Halloween, they have actors outside doing little bits. I think it would be fun to have the rejected Ghost of Christmas Blank as a show there where different ghosts come and they do little bits interacting with the audience. (laughs) That would be awesome. That's the general overview of what I have planned for that. Nice. We can talk more details later. I like it. That is cool. (laughs) Super cool. Thank you. I like it. All right, so it looks like I'm next. Now that we've gone over what an overlay is, I feel relatively confident that mine's like tangentially an overlay. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in you, Eric. Thank you. That makes one of us. My Christmas overlay is for the Florida Disney's Animal Kingdom. Nice. Tentatively titled Reindeers Among Us. Generally speaking, it would be an overlay of the entire safari experience. Okay. We would reset it in the North Pole, and the ride devices wouldn't be like a truck or anything. It would be like a sleigh. And the animals that you're interacting with are all indigenous to the North Pole, along with like caribou to represent reindeer, a petting zoo aspect to it. Using this to bring like understanding and awareness to how like global warming is affecting the ecosystems and the the life up there would be the intention so it'd be it's a safari overlay where we're in the north pole reindeers are featured heavily hopefully petting zoos nice awesome that cyan reindeer is sus (laughs) (laughs) topical good lord that's for the youth Listening to this Disney bitch pod. <laughs> All those utes. 
<laughs> All right. So next up we have Jake. All right. So for my pitch, I would like to propose an overlay to the Be Our Guest restaurant in Disney's Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. And it's kind of a simple one. I would like to do an overlay to Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, which is not only one of my favorite Christmas movies, it is actually one of my favorite Disney movies. If anybody has not seen it, it brings back the original cast from Beauty and the Beast, as well as Paul Rubens as Fife, Bernadette Peters as Angelique, and the villain Forte is played by the legendary Tim Curry. And I would really like to see those characters brought into the restaurant. I would like to see the tree from the movie, the one that they make out of the pots and pans and dishes when Belle is singing the song As Long As There's Christmas, which is a good song which could be playing. So it'd be really fun to see the Be Our Guest castle decorated for Christmas time, as well as having those characters. You could put Forte in the West Wing like he is in the movie, and I think that could bring out a lot of fun interactions. That is my brief pitch. I like nice. it. Nice. Nice. Jackie loves that movie, so it's we actually just watched it last movie. week. It's really the good. songs are really... For anybody who, who is looking to watch it, it is currently on Disney+. Plus. So I highly recommend you go watch it and get into the spirit of Christmas. Hey, just shout out to Disney+. Plus. You <laughs> yeah. should yeah. sponsor yeah. us. Hey, Disney+, Plus, send us money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when are we going to get a show version of this podcast on Disney+. Plus? That has to be coming 2023, right? They just forgot to announce it this year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. We no, need that to was talk part of the investor again. meeting. Brock, it's your turn. All right, much like the ghost of Christmas past would, we're taking a trip back in time to 1978. And we are going to take a look at the Star Wars Holiday Special. That's right. My pitch is a (laughs) Life Day overlay for Galaxy's Edge. Now, uh, for those unfamiliar, the Star Wars Holiday Special was a terrible two-hour TV program that is one of the worst things put to film. However, um, it has received kind of a cult following among Star Wars fans. And now there's even, I learned after I started writing this pitch, that there has been a little bit of fan outcry hoping to get a holiday overlay for Galaxy's Edge. So this is kind of answering not only a park need, but a fan need. So I'm hoping to take Life Day and put it into Galaxy's Edge, doing an overlay of both the area and also a Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. We're going to use Life Day acrobatic performances like in the original film. We are going to use different seasonal meals and things. I did a lot of research. Apparently, Tip Yip is a meal, a turkey-esque meal eaten by folks at Life Day. There's going to be... (laughs) Yeah, I think would be fun would be Life Day Carols. What we could do is we could bring back Joseph Williams, the son of John Williams, and also frontman for Toto, who wrote the song Yub Nub, which was the original a celebratory song from the end of Return of the Jedi. So if we can bring back Joseph Williams to write a few Life Day Carols, we can really bring the spirit of this holiday back into the parks. And what I think is great is this was something that had been removed from canon for a very long time until recently on The Mandalorian, a character mentioned Life Day and confirmed that it is real within the Star Wars universe. So now I think Disney has no choice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So are we ready to vote? No. 
No. I mean, to, no, not to vote. Bad questions. Are we ready to ask questions? <laughs> Sorry. I meant, are we ready to ask questions? <laughs> it's the part where we do Q&A. Brock. Yes. I guess this is a two-part question. One, explain Life Day to us. That's not really a question. That's a statement. And then two, you've mentioned there's a fan outcry about this. I, I, I need to know more about that. Okay. So I actually attempted to do a lot of research on this. I watched several videos about the uh, holiday special. Not the holiday special itself because I lack the emotional fortitude. Um, <laughs> I watched the... <laughs> I watched the Lego Star Wars holiday special that was recently released on Disney+. Plus. Funnily enough, there's almost no information about what Life Day is, including in the original Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> it's very unclear. All that is known about it is that in the holiday special, they're trying to get Chewie back home to his family on Kashyyyk. And also, there's some sort of celebration that involves orbs of some kind, a large tree, and a very coked-out Princess Leia singing a song to the tune of the Star Wars theme, uh, because that's the only way Carrie Frisher would agree to do it, is if she got to sing a song. I thought you were going to say she'd only agree to do it if she could be on coke the whole time. Mm. (laughs) That was just a Carrie Fisher in the 70s agreement anyway. And this is where we say rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, Disney legend, wonderful actress, wonderful lady. I love Carrie Fisher. I miss her dearly. If you know anything about Carrie Fisher, I don't think she would take being coked out of her mind as an insult. (laughs) No, 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 I don't think she would. She calls it like it is. What I was able to find was that other than the fact that there's these glowing orbs that people hold, there's almost no real understanding of what Life Day is, which does make it slightly difficult, but also perfect for Disney, because now Disney has an opportunity to completely rewrite and change exactly what this festival and holiday are, and we could create a lot of fun new traditions that fit the parks and also fit the Disney idea of what Star Wars is. Also, you asked me about the fan outcry. So in 2019, at Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, hundreds of Star Wars fans met up in November for their own impromptu Life Day celebration. Disney knew this was going on. They allowed it to happen. So they sang Life Day carols, which were just Christmas carols with the words rewritten to be Star Wars-y. They carried little orbs. They came in cosplay. (laughs) It was a huge celebration, and there were, you know, thousands of people showed up. So obviously this is something that certain fans of the franchise want and what Disney could do with that, I think would be incredible. I think that's a really good idea, Brock. I think having a holiday kind of helps flesh out the universe. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a fun other way of making Batu feel like a real place. Yeah. Cool. I have a question. Moving on, I have a question for Tanner. Yes. In this Liberty Square overlay. Now, I know we are just talking about Liberty Square. We are not really talking. You Well, we're going to talk, if we talk about yours, we'll talk about the exterior of Haunted Mansion. Yes. For the interior of Haunted Mansion, just so I'm aware, if this Liberty Square thing were to come true, would the Haunted Mansion stay the same? Would it have the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay? Would it have just a regular Christmas overlay? What are your thoughts? No, not the Nightmare Before Christmas. I like having two different ideas. My idea would be if there are any changes inside, it would be small things like the ghosts have like 
a ghost gingerbread house on the table in like the ballroom. Okay. But not any major aesthetic changes to the inside of the ride because I think one of the complaints you get with the holiday overlay in Disneyland is that for too long during the year, you're not riding the actual ride they created. So I'd like to keep the inside of the ride pretty similar to completely similar and keep most of the changes to the outside decor of the ride in the line queue and with that little show going on outside. Okay, I think that's great. I agree with that. I love the Nightmare for Christmas overlay, but if it was up to me, it would only be during the month of December. I think that's it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, cer- it certainly shouldn't be around in October right. when you want to have a spooky ride. Or especially now into like September, most of the time it starts. Yeah. That's <laughs> way too soon. Yeah. I don't want to go to the Halloween party and then it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's over 25% of the year. Right. And again, I will argue that I've argued this from day one. Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie. Not a Halloween. hundred percent. So it's stupid to have it not during Christmas time. But yeah. that's well, we <laughs> don't need to get into that. Thanksgiving. <laughs> get it out of there on January third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Thank so you, it's Eric. basically I want to keep the ride. I want the Nightmare Before Christmas thing to be its own thing in Disneyland. Yes, we don't need to clone and carbon copy that here. Right. We can make this our own. Like really focusing on this like old timey Christmas town. Yeah is my idea and like I like it. The mansion would be decorated for that, but not as Jack Skellington crashing into the mansion. Right, right. Okay, sweet. I have a question for Jake. Yeah. Not being familiar with uh the Beauty and the Beast and Chain and Christmas. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the the villain's name was Forte, first of all. Awesome. I, I don't know if I was clear. He is a giant pipe organ. That is actually what I was going to ask. Yeah, so Forte was the prince's composer, and when they all got turned into inanimate objects, he got turned into his pipe organ. That's awesome. And so he's this massive pipe organ in the West Wing. He's really cool looking. I highly recommend watching it, especially because it's Tim Curry. He's got a great villain song about uh, how falling in love is bad. That's supposed to be a villain song? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's actually just Love Stinks by the Jay Giles band. <laughs> just slow down and play it on a pipe I'm organ. not going to lie. He makes good points in the song. <laughs> uh, Jake, you are married. Let me remind you. I was going to say, shout out to Jake's wife, Jessica. He makes some good points about love being terrible. I also, though, piggybacking off of a question from Jake, had just a question about the scope of this and like could it be expanded into like the town area with Gaston's tavern and also into like changing the Enchanted Tales with Belle show 100% so in Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas it only takes place in the castle the plot is that the Christmas after the events of Beauty and the Beast, Mrs. Potts and Cogsworth and Lumiere, all humans, are sitting around reminiscing about the previous Christmas, which is when Belle was in the castle and everybody was still inanimate objects. So it's not a sequel. It takes place, like, in the middle of Beauty and the Beast, like in the winter scene, um, and just kind of covers what happens during Christmas. So because of that, you don't see any of the stuff outside of the castle. You don't see Gaston, LeFou. They're not in the movie. You never see the village. That being said, yeah, they would have Christmas too. So I think you could definitely decorate that whole area for Christmas. You know, you could have Gaston making Christmas jokes or something. 
And then for the Belle's story thing, so there's a great sequence in the movie where Belle is making a Christmas gift for the Beast, and she makes him a storybook. And there's a really good song that goes along with that where... With a really cool animation. Yeah, beautiful animation um, that kind of narrates the story she's talking about, and she's singing about storybooks. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Belle show takes place in the library, does it not? I believe so. And that song in the movie takes place in the library. So I think you could have a great opportunity to maybe do that song or talk about the stories and using projection mapping haha we could incorporate some of that animation onto the walls where she's talking about the different stories nice use of projection mapping (laughs) (laughs) thank you okay awesome i like that a lot because i was nervous we were leaving a lot of beauty and the beast stones unturned from this rich film and i think that kind of helps yeah. With like, especially the enchanted story time with Belle really making, bringing the magic of this. This is just a, a personal Jake problem in all of our episodes is I never know how much to cover in my initial pitch. Same. Because I don't want to go too much into detail, but then sometimes I leave important things out and then it's later, mine doesn't get voted for. I'm like, oh, I didn't talk about this whole section. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question for Eric. Shoot. Um, so obviously we're hoping to incorporate reindeer into the safari and we're going to make some North Pole decorations as well. What will we do with the other animals? Like in the story of your ride, how do we incorporate them? Or are we putting them somewhere <laughs> Can we just else? throw a, rain, a live reindeer into the lion pit and see what happens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Red is a Christmas color. They can fly, Jake. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the option that I f- am generally coming into this with is like a zoo swap, which is a pretty common practice among zoos in wildlife animal parks in general, is they will literally trade animals for seasons. Oh, that's cool. So that like, dif- yeah, so that like different. I have a friend here who works at the Grand Rapids Zoo. And she went to Colorado and took some of their mammals here from Grand Rapids out there so that, like, different people around the country could learn how to care for different animals that they wouldn't normally get a chance to. Oh, that's really neat. I, I was not aware of that. That's really cool. Yeah. It was, it's really what enabled the idea. <laughs> it's like, because you can't really <laughs> just shove the other animals off to the side. If we end up choosing this and we want to talk about ways to incorporate them, we can. But generally speaking, I was thinking a zoo swap with somebody who had like an Arctic theme. That makes sense. Okay, that's awesome. That was my question too, and I'm glad you had like a really supported answer for it because I (laughs) couldn't think of one. (laughs) Pays to know people in zoos. Yes. (laughs) Because then you get to go to the zoo for free. Yeah. Nice. Woo! So you don't pay to know people in zoos. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one more question uh, for Tanner, uh, which is a small question. Are we going to incorporate the riverboat into your Liberty Square Christmas, or would that for you be a separate part of the park? I was thinking about... Much like Jake said, I forgot to mention things. Incorporating the Liberty Bell, I think obviously the first step is decorating it up. Yeah. And then also kind of doing like a new like holiday voice for parts of it. So we can like set up like Christmassy Easter eggs too. And the like little spots where there's like scenes going by, we can set up little Easter eggs that the voiceover will nod to. Like maybe you see like 
Santa as reindeer in one scene, and you're like, if you look closely, you might see a magical friend visiting from the North Pole. Nice. So just like kind of Christmasifying the boat ride. Gotcha. I think we're ready to move on to voting. I'm ready. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Let's play some votes. It's the part where we vote. Who do we have first? Right. I love these. I'm worried about the logistics with a couple of them. But the one that I'm getting the most excited about that feels the most pure Disney to me is Tanner's pitch for Liberty Square. So I'm going to vote for that one. All right. Sounds good. Team money. All right. So this is really tough. It's been like a while since I've been like so torn between all three pitches. Usually I can like make a tough decision between one or two, but I think... My girlfriend would kill me if I voted for anything other than Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas, since she's told me multiple times it's her favorite Christmas movie with some of her favorite Disney songs ever in it. So I think I need to make that's going to be my swing factor. I love these other ideas. We should definitely incorporate them, but I have to go with that one. All right. Again, these are all great ideas. Here's my thing. I think... Since none of these really conflict with each other, I think it would be awesome to have all of these ideas in the Disney parks. I think we totally should. I don't see why not. Make it so. (laughs) Done. The episode is over. Come on, Disney. (laughs) What else are you dealing with right now? Um, The one I would like to vote for, though, is the Liberty Square overlay. When people think about the aesthetics of Christmas, when you look at the storybooks and you look at the decorations, everything has kind of an old-timey feel. You know those little villages that people like to put out like on their mantle places? Mostly it's a grandma thing. It seems like grandmas always do that. They have those little Christmas villages. (laughs) Those are very much like the old-timey look. You know, and I think Liberty Square would just go hand in hand with that. So I would like to see Liberty Square with a Christmas overlay. Sounds tight. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Liberty Square, too. Honestly, this is almost just to avoid a tie Um, (laughs) again. Thanks, man. Brock, I like your idea, but it is Life Day, not Christmas. Yeah, it's a little too inclusive for us. Well, excuse (laughs) me. (laughs) And I need somebody to commiserate with me in the Zero Vote Club. So I think Liberty Square is a great idea. And I think, like Jake was saying, the aesthetic matches up nicely for what we traditionally view as Christmas, which is sort of like a Dickensian sort of setting, right? Which is why, like, you think Christmas, you generally jump to, like, Christmas Carol. Even in your pitch, you're like an abandoned ghost of Christmas, whatever. Right? I love Which kind that. of fits the, the theme. I'll go there. It looks like we have a, a winner. Congratulations, Tanner. Yeah, hey. All right. Thank you, guys. So I guess just to start off, we should talk about the general aesthetic of it. And I'm so glad you mentioned those, like, little, like town Christmas decors that grandmas have because I think subconsciously that affected my pitch because I used to be infatuated with those whenever we'd go to one of my grandmas and we'd have them set up. I love those. When you go to Bronner's Christmas Wonderland in Frankenmuth, Michigan, which Mm -hmm. is the largest Christmas store in the world, they have a whole village set up there. They have a Christmas village and then they also have a Halloween village set up even though it's a Christmas store. The Halloween is my favorite. I know. I can happily spend an hour or two just walking around looking at all those little models. <laughs> I think you can almost trace some of our love of theme parks back to those little models. Honestly, yeah. yeah. It's like the same reason we would like those is the same reason we like theme parks and engage in them so much. Yeah. So basically bringing one of those to life in Liberty Square is like the aesthetic idea of this. I know maybe some stuff will conflict with time periods, like if we put up like gas lamps and stuff, but 
I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I, I think it would be really fun to stick with the time period and try to go with mm-hmm. very old timey, you know, like wreaths and candles kind of thing. Yes. Like we don't want one of those things where it's like the lights and Santa's arm is slowly waving. <laughs> like I don't think that would work in Liberty Square. <laughs> no, no. I want an old timey Christmas. Yeah. I think would be what would really give like a really cool area that people would be like, this is Christmas, but it's still magical because it's not the Christmas you see driving down the road. Well, and then also that era brings to mind Christmas Carol, which that takes place, you know, not in New York, but, you know, it's that same time era. Yeah. I think there's enough cultural overlap with like what London represents and what uh, Liberty Square represents that you could fit in that D- Dickensian thing. Speaking of, we really should incorporate Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yes. And the Ghost of Christmas present song, It Feels Like Christmas. Oh, I love that song. I think that's a perfect place to start. Tanner mentioned that changing some of the great moments in American history with the Muppets show that is performed there, doing some holiday overlay, making that moments from a Muppets Christmas Carol. So what do we want to incorporate from that movie specifically? I think kind of just like what Eric just hit on the head is like big songs that jump out to us in our minds. So like what he said, and then performing still in the windows with the puppets, the little scenes. Yeah. But just having it so like it's not necessarily the full film throughout the day right but like you're getting repeats of like a couple of distinct short performances like the great moments are only like 15 minutes long tops yeah so doing like little snapshots of the film throughout the day i I mean it feels like christmas is definitely needs to happen but the other Mm -hmm. good christmas song that i thought of that's like specifically christmas is uh kermit's one more sleep till christmas yeah i think that's another good one that i would like to see those are probably the two most uh, iconically Christmas songs from the movie, but I do think it'd be fun as well if we're going to do kind of a multitude. The song from the beginning of the film about Scrooge, where they're talking about how much of a jerk oh, yeah. he is, is I think yeah. a really fun song. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Speaking of Scrooge, that kind of model almost seems kind of perfect for maybe the Haunted Mansion pre Oh, that would be interesting. Making it like a walk through the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future and stuff like that before you mm-hmm. get into like the normal Haunted Mansion right Well, and then that would also tie into Tanner's show that he talked about, which I'm really excited yeah. to talk mm-hmm. about. So that way you could get your kind of Christmas Haunted Mansion vibe, yeah. especially because the queue is more located within Liberty Square without changing the integrity of the Haunted Mansion. I love that idea, Eric. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to incorporate that where we can have it it looks like christmas on the outside but we don't have to have people upset that oh our one trip this year the haunted mansion was different right it's the line is now this cool it still fits in christmas journey but with the ghost and then of course yeah it does tie in really well with that show that i want to do it's the kind of overlay for that that actually makes it feel like a special event to go to the Haunted Mansion for <laughs> Christmas, but you still get the ride. Yeah. Because like when I would go for the Nightmare Before Christmas in California, I would have that feeling of being let down. My favorite ride is not what it's supposed to be right now. Y'all can fuck off. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. I would love to see it in December. I would be sad if I didn't see it in December, but any other month, I don't want it. Yeah. That's why it's good. I think that gives like two dichotomies, which also like if uh, you're a Disney person, like, oh, that's the reason why you have to go to both. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
because you can't just see either at either place. So like monetarily, which I know we don't always love to think about on the ride, it's a solid marketing strategy. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we talked about how that ties in perfectly with Tanner's show, that seems like to me a good segue to move into that yes tell us yeah, about the show for sure my idea is if anyone's been there during like mickey's not so scary halloween they set up cool lights to make the actors look like ghosts and they hang out kind of in the graveyard area and they do bits and they interact with the audience so my idea would be to have a bunch of different ghosts that represent the rejected ghost of christmas blank so in the end we had past present and future are the ghosts that made it so what if we had like what happened to the ghost of christmas decor <laughs> and like why did that not work out as a ghost <laughs> would be like that's the first one i thought of was like and they're like oh and we do all this and they can talk and they can play with the audience about like all this stuff that they're decorating the graveyard with but maybe that wouldn't be the best person to change scrooge into a good human being yeah Right. Oh, that's hilarious. It's focusing just on like the materialistic design of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like the, the ghost of Christmas presents. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like this dude in I like think a Chester C. Moneybags costume. Just like, buy stuff. I love that. I love that. The, the pun on just like, you know my cousin, the ghost of Christmas present, but I am the ghost of Christmas presents. <laughs> Because it's not about what you give, it's about what you uh, get. <laughs> <laughs> and like encouraging like audience members, oh, that's all you're gonna ask for for Christmas. The ghost this year? of Christmas Jones, the uh, <laughs> Denise Richards character from <laughs> Die Another Day. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see the ghost of Christmas presents sending people into Memento Mori to like buy stuff for him too. Oh yes, that would be amazing. Like you can just like encourage people to like go in there and buy stuff. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas carols would also be a good fun one getting the, you know, getting guests in on it. That would <laughs> nice. be fun. Yeah. Super theater kitty. Yeah, like just like your traditional like diva performer. <clears throat> yeah. Everyone now, and whether they sing along or not, they're going to sing as loud and as honestly at times poorly as possible, I think would be (laughs) the best thing ever. Just that opera singer who certainly belts, but they belt everything, whether they should or not kind of vibe. Yeah. I like the idea of having three ghosts, right? So it's mimicking Mm -hmm. the past, present, future. There's actually over one billion ghosts of Christmas somethings in the world. So today we're going to take a look at three that didn't quite make the cut of the top (laughs) three. That's really, I love that idea, Tanner. Yeah. I I really want this show. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. And it gets the Haunted Mansion in on the Christmas fun without taking away the ghost part, which I think will be cool, especially for just like the aesthetic of what we're going for for the whole Liberty Square. I don't think Nightmare Before Christmas would no. fit that. But you can see like a Christmas carol, like the painting stretch section of like, yeah, it's three paintings of like moving down like the story of the three ghosts. Well, yeah. you could you could do all four paintings because the fourth ghost can be uh, Jacob Marley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Though we all understand that in the seminal representation of that story, there are two Marley brothers. Yes. Right. Robert. Yes, Jacob and (laughs) Robert. Jacob and Robert Robert Marley. Yes. (laughs) One of the best villain songs 
of all time. Oh, yes. One of the best songs, <laughs> period. Oh Full stop. So <laughs> that is a moment you kind of could incorporate into Tanner's Muppet Christmas Carol show, you know, having the two of them sing their song from the windows. Let's just do the whole movie from the windows. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, Christmas Carol, I think, was, like, the biggest influence on this land as a whole, because I think that's just, like, so fun. And, like, Liberty Square is kind of creepy, so the idea of ghosts makes sense in its old timing. Yeah. Yeah, aesthetically, it makes sense. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but jumping back to the the Muppets now, it would be fun just mm-hmm. to have Gonzo and Rizzo narrating. Oh yeah, again. that would be fun. That would I love that in Christmas Carol having them as the as the narrators. Well, I thought moving into kind of the last uh, streetmosphere idea that I had because we've talked about like shows and like performances and stuff. So like I thought, and this doesn't have to be super long, is like having like carolers. I was going to lead into that. I think it would be really fun to see carolers in the old-timey clothes and singing the mm-hmm. old-timey songs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't need yes. them singing the... Uh, <laughs> Are you talking Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You? Yeah, Mariah Carey, yeah. So we wouldn't we wouldn't have the carolers singing, like, Mariah Carey, <laughs> you know. Oh, I thought we were talking about Wham! last oh, Christmas. Oh, yeah, no, so well, they wouldn't do that one either. <laughs> I think it would be nice just to have them doing, like, the, the old-timey standards. We wish you a Merry Christmas, deck the halls, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like a really slow, dirgy version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) To fit like the weird spirits aesthetic that's going on. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel slaps. I will take your word for that. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, But another thing to bring us back as a streetmosphere that I thought we could do a comedic parody of is what day is it today, boy thing (laughs) from the Christmas Carol of like shouting down. (laughs) Yeah, that that, just that could even be into the into the Muppets thing. You know, maybe he's like shouting down at people and like demanding to know what day it is, you know? <laughs> and like he doesn't stop pestering them until they say most of the time the wrong right. date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brock, you said you had a list of uh, attractions. Though? Yeah, so actually, there's very few uh, in Liberty Square. So we've got a few shops. We've got Memento More, which we mentioned, and uh, Yield Christmas Shop, uh, a couple of other small shops. Um, there's mostly dining, too. We have three restaurants. Um, currently, there is the Columbia Harbor House, the Liberty Tree Tavern, and the Sleepy Hollow Counter Service. And we also have three attractions. Now, is there anything in the shops or the restaurants we want to talk about before we move on to the attractions? Well, Liberty Tree Tavern, I would just like to say, lends itself perfectly to being Christmas because they basically serve like a Christmas dinner every day of the year. Pretty much, you yeah. Know, or Thanksgiving, I guess. You're going to go in and you're going to get yeah, turkey so and stuffing Yeah, so that's kind of what I mentioned in my pitch was like maybe adding some like more Christmassy drinks to like the menu, eggnog. but like everything that they normally serve in the uh, like family style meal that they serve, I think would work well. And then just really hammering home the theme yeah, the inside. So there's not a ton to talk, but yeah, like adding like eggnog to the menu uh, would be good. The Liberty Tree, which is outside of that, is such a cool tree. Uh, and it's, you know, I think that's something you could decorate, you know, put big ornaments in the tree. It would be fun. Oh, yeah. I think that would be really fun. 
for the yeah for the restaurants, I feel like it could just be decoration, right? We're gonna throw snow and wreaths on all of these buildings. Basically, is oh yeah the first step. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So that takes us to the attractions. Uh, first up, the riverboat. We talked about this a little bit previously, kind of adding Christmassy Easter eggs to the displays that you'll see going down the river. Is there anything else we want to do with the riverboat? I really think it would look nice to have like garland and, and bows draped along all of the railings. I think that would make for a really pretty Christmas looking, you know, a great photo op as it goes by. Mm-hmm. Christmas bunting like rather than patriotic bunting. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the conductor is Santa Claus. Just driving the boat. The guy who's driving the boat. Is that that's not that's a train, the uh, conductor. The riverboat captain? Yeah. That's the yeah, word. There you go. Yes. <laughs> the captain. Is Santa Claus. We could do that kind of. I think that might be fun to have Santa narrating the riverboat ride. I was serious. <laughs> It could be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I know, but I do think it would work because in uh, Disneyland... Mark Twain? Yeah, Mark Twain, because you're riding the Mark Twain. And, like, they make jokes acknowledging, like, some of his works. I feel like you could do similar things with, like, Easter eggs, like, if, like, Santa's sleigh was in just one of the displays with, like, fake reindeer. Yeah. Like, oh, if you look to your right, you may notice some of my friends. Yeah, just yeah. kind of just hint at the fact you know? that it's Santa yeah. Claus. I yeah. think that's cool. I think that's yeah. Fun. And then finally would be the Hall of Presidents. Just put Santa hats on every one of the presidents. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, my idea was like you could have like a history of like decorating the White House in like the lobby loading area. I think it would be cool in the, like you said in the loading area to have pictures of all the different White House trees and the way it's been decorated over the years. Right? Because yeah, that's a big deal fun. when they yeah. always get the, the White House tree. And then I don't know if we would actually have to touch the show. The show would probably just stay the same. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't really want to touch the show. No. Yeah, so I think just leaning into decorating the lobby and then the outside of the building doing, like, some cool Christmas decor outside of would be fun. So it feels like the majority of our overlay is in decorations and outside streetmosphere and yes. shows. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I like, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? We're not fucking with the rides too much, touching that really at all, just making it very green and red and and Christmassy. Yeah, enough to get you in the Christmas spirit without making it feel like you're in a Christmas-specific park. So, Tanner, do you feel that we did justice to your pitch? Is there more you want to talk about? Do you think it's been developed pretty well? Totally. I think we did justice to it. I think it really makes the really small part of Magic Kingdom, I think it like elevates it to a part that a lot of people may not even, besides Haunted Mansion, they just kind of walk through. I think now it's going to be an area people want to stop and hang out and see and embrace all of this stuff going on. I think not changing a lot of like the fundamentals of like the attractions is the way to go, but the aesthetics of it and leaning into them. I like all of our Christmas Carol stuff. I think it's going to be beneficial. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great idea. Um, good job, everybody. I, I really liked it. Go team, go. Yeah. yeah, thank you guys. You added a lot of cool stuff to it because I didn't have a ton of specifics, and then it was cool to be able to work together to do it. Yeah. What's that I smell? Thunder and lightning round. <laughs> you smell it? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that tingle you get in the air right before lightning strikes. <laughs> 
It yeah. smells like peppermint. Is that like burnt hair thing that you smell after you get hit by lightning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you've been hit by the lightning round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like thunder and lightning, there's an impending sense of doom. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's the lightning round. All right, Jake, spin that wheel. Let's spin that wheel. Oh, yeah. Watch it go. Round and round. Okay. So we actually have a Christmas miracle. The wheel has decided that we are going to have free range for ride type. can be whatever type of ride we want, but it has to be themed to Santa Claus. Okay. Okay. The Santa Claus or Santa Claus? That is up to you. So free range ride type, but it's got to be about Santa Claus. Who do we have first, Eric? Me. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. So we are going to do a drop ride. With Santa Claus. He's flying through the sky. We're going through like a Tower of Terror-esque uh, dark ride. We're going through the clouds. And then all of a sudden, boom, lightning strikes. Like the lightning round. Hits the sleigh. Knocks it off course. We drop. <laughs> Series of drop rides. It's like it's a Tower of Terror overlay, except it's Santa. That's what I'm going for. Okay, that's it. <laughs> When you said drop right, I thought it was going to be like, Santa's going down the chimney. (laughs) Not Santa gets shot out of the fucking sky. (laughs) Next up, we got Jake. All right, so I would like to do a dark ride similar to Peter Pan. You know that great scene in Peter Pan where you're flying over and you're looking down at the... um, at the village below or the city below. I would love to have something like that, but you are in Santa's sleigh and you are going on his route. So maybe you take off from the North Pole, you see Aurora Borealis around you with some great lighting effects, you fly over the town and you're slowly coming down, the buildings are getting bigger and bigger and it ends with you landing on top of a house and you go into the chimney and you make your delivery and you have the Santa experience and that is my pitch. All right. Okay. I like it. Two money. All right, so for my pitch, we are also going to be going with a dark ride, but this one's going to be themed to the first The Santa Claus movie. We will be taking the train that they ride around inside Santa's workshop. We will be taking that train and riding around the workshop, seeing all the elves working hard, seeing all these magical different decor that they have, and we'll just be surrounded by the magic of Christmas on this really fun, whimsical ride with all these elves doing goofy things, getting in snowball fights, stuff goes wrong, things get knocked over. Nice. Do we get to enjoy like any of Judy's famous 100-year recipe hot chocolate? At the end of the ride, yes. Well, that's all nice. I need. <laughs> it was Brock. Okay, so we take the role of elves. We are helping uh, Santa Claus deliver presents. It's going to be a mix of ride types between Peter Pan's flight with the ceiling suspended ride and also Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. So we will be literally using catapults or like shooting mechanisms to launch presents at houses. And with the Christmas magic, it goes right down to the chimney and under the tree and the house lights up and we can see the Christmas magic. So it's a gamified ride where we're elves launching presents at, uh, at houses what happens if you miss? Do you see the toys like get broken in the kid's front yard? Yes. So Christmas morning, he comes out and he just sees his broken dreams. If you miss, the kid's attitude plummets and they drop out of school and they, they join a gang. They start engaging in risk taking behavior. And then they hit Santa as he's flying and you have a drop ride. Let's just combine all of our rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Bam. <laughs> All right, another successful lightning round. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, especially compared to the last couple. <laughs> I guess everyone make sure to vote on those. We're going to have Twitter polls up. All right. So I guess on that note, Brock, take us home. Silent night. Holy Instagram. Tanner, what's our Instagram? <laughs> our Instagram is main underscore street underscore musings. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Jake has our Facebook. Man, I usually get to go first. We have Facebook.com slash Main Street Musings. We wish you a merry Twitter. We wish you a merry Eric. At MSM underscore podcast. And I am Brock. Make sure to rate and review us. Leave five star of Christmases. Uh, and we will see you next time. <laughs> you know, Mary follow Christ all star five stars. Christmas. To the east, uh, and you will find Main Street Musings <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Merry Christmas, but also Happy Holidays to any other holiday you might celebrate. Yes, we just hope that you have a great time this winter. <laughs> <laughs>